Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 35 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer in Rogers Place in Ice District where the Oilers are uh, wrapping up a practice here. Uh, this is Oilers now. Let's get to a quick text because we'll parlay us into our conversation with the one and only Louis DeBrusque. Big T, Texas show. Bob, this text out of Lethbridge, Alberta. The Oilers are ahead of where I expected. Issues are as expected. No depth scoring, says Big T. As my uh, liner uh, recalibrates, iffy goaltending, 2D have to be moved out this season to make room for the farm wave. Don't rush the process from Big T. Well, goaltending to me has not been iffy. It, it struggled, you know, tough goal both last two games. But I think it's been pretty good. We will tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 99 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and Taylor that Oilers now sent you at Roos Chris. A reminder, great place for Christmas parties as well. And we bring out the king of the Christmas party, Louis DeBrusque, here in Oilers now. Hi, Louis. How are you? Hey, Bob. How are you doing today? Good. Absolutely good. Uh, hey, Louis. Uh, you're today's headliner for Touchback Safety. Your safety's their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. All right, Lou. I'm going to put you on the spot on a bunch of different uh, things. Uh, Go for it. First of all, the Oilers dropped to 10-5-2. and two. Uh, They lose 3-2 in overtime to Arizona. Lose last night. It was a 3-2 game, you know, 5-2 end result, but 3-2 game. Uh, are you worried right now about this group at all? A little bit. You know, a little bit worried. I just think that they're having a hard time finding a consistency to their game. Um, but not overly worried. I think, you know what, the reason uh, you get out to a great start is to be able to have some bumps in the roads and try and figure things out. They've suffered some injuries. They've had different guys in the lineup to try and shuffle things around to find some chemistry and some depth. Um, let's face it, it hasn't worked. You know, there's been some some experiments they've tried. Dave Tipp has tried putting a couple different guys up on the top line with McDavid and Dreisaitl. And last night in the third period, we saw Cassian get back on that line. And uh, you know what? He's the best fit. There's just there's just no questioning that now. When when he's on that line, he's buzzing. He has the speed to keep up. He's a physical guy. Uh, he gets to the right spots. He takes up space, and they had some jam in that third period, and it was a difference. Um, so I think you're going to obviously see that going forward, seeing the lines this morning. But that that's the one thing they were trying to figure out was maybe try and spark Cassian a little bit by putting him down, kind of put the depth throughout the lineup. It's been something they've been dealing with all year long, trying to find a consistent game from four lines. And uh, as of late, it just hasn't been there. Yeah. Uh, look, you're down on ice level. Uh, and, uh, again, I'm getting this secondhand, so I'd, I'd like some verification from you. Because I don't want to go down the path of the loser's lament, but judging by the texters, some of whom would... Are you going to re- talk about officiating? Yep. <laughs> yeah. It, no, it, you know what? I, I'll tell you what. Here's the thing. We, You and I have, what, we've talked about this five times already this year, it seems? 
Um, and it's specific to McDavid, but I'm starting to add dry sidle. I'm start- you, know what the, you know what the worst thing is? Is that I find myself now trying to trying to somehow talk around the fact that there wasn't a call that should have been a call. I, I think we've grown so used and accustomed to seeing him getting grabbed and clutched and hooked and interfered with that it happens so often on a nightly basis that you, you get desensitized from it. You truly do. And I, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I know that last night, um, the one that I brought up, and we did a review of it. Now, I know that Connor, when he goes around players, and I said this last night, he likes to extend his arm. He likes to put the arm out as a shield to block in case somebody wants to come in with a stick and try and knock the puck yep. off of the stick. But Vince Dunn just took the opportunity to grab that arm. And he reached over top, and he didn't let go. Um, the game before, we saw Zach Cassian get a penalty for touching the shoulder of an opponent on the forecheck. Yep. A little pop of the shoulder, you spin around, you go into the offensive zone. But Connor McDavid, the best player in the game, is driving in on an opportunity offensively. And, I mean, he gets hogtied. You know, he literally gets grabbed onto, and there's no call on it. Now, the thing is, he's so strong that he battles through those checks. He really is, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that, the fact that even though he's getting pulled on and tugged and hooked, he's able to still kind of fight through and get a fairly decent opportunity, and therefore maybe that's why they're not not giving him the calls as much as they should. But, I I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it's loser's lament. I think it's just what it is. I'm sorry. That's what it is. And I every single night... I question and wonder why some penalties are called and why some aren't. And it's just, unfortunately, where this game's at right now, and I don't like it. I don't think anybody likes it. It's brutal. There's just no consistency whatsoever in the calls. And they got to start getting it right because it's frustrating for us, Bob. You and I in the same position as color analysts, we sit there, and it's like, I hate the fact that I have to watch the replay and go, was that a penalty or wasn't that a penalty? I'm just I'm just sitting there going, why am I looking at this and not 100% that that should have been a call? Well, I'll give and you that's no- the way it should be. I'm going to give you another example with a player nowhere near as good as Connor Leon. Tomas Yurcho, no question, first period, that's a penalty. He got a stuck jammed in there in the legs on Petrangelo, hauled him down in the offensive zone. Bad penalty, right? Start of the second period, he's out there. He's in the right corner. So down to he your bro- down. Yep. And, and he got completely cleaved to the ice. And it was yep. a bang-bang play. So it wasn't as overt and obvious, but it's a trip all day. And it's, you know, in, and it, and it's, in, the, and it's in the attack zone for the Oilers, and he doesn't get – it's the exact same play. I, I hear you. I'm not arguing with you, and I, I'm telling you, I'm at wit's end with it myself. I uh, – Again, you don't want to sound like the negative Nelly on the, yeah. on the on the telecast. You don't want to sound like the guy that's complaining about officials all the time. But I'll, and, and and what happens, I think, Bob, is you get to a point where you just call the replay and say, "There's the penalty." I don't really want to put it up for debate every single time I'm talking about a penalty. But I'll tell you, ninety percent of the time, you look at it and go, "Are you serious?" If you could hear what I'm talking back to my producer on a nightly basis going, hey, like, am I seeing things or was that not a penalty? Am I seeing things or was that, should that not have been a penalty? Like, at every single penalty, I'm talking back going to the, you know, the video guy saying, listen, I saw one take at that. That didn't look like a call to me. And they'll say, yeah, it was kind of a weak call. All right. you know? And I'm just like, okay, fine. Okay, it's a weak call. And then the next time where you think it's an egregious, there's no question it should be a penalty. 
and the arm doesn't go up. The thing that burns me, and I've seen it a couple times in the last week, is the penalty right in front of the referee that's five feet away from him, and the guy that's 100 feet away calls the penalty. And I just sit there and go, why do you bother having two officials on the ice if one guy can call a penalty from 100 feet away? So, I don't, you know, that I, I once again go back to if you're going to have two officials in the game, it's impossible to have consistency because well, you've got two different personalities and two different people that have different angles of the view, and they're going to look at it differently. I, honestly, and I know that I understand the reasoning why they have two officials on the ice because of the speed of the game, but it, it's it's created some turmoil in the last few years, and it was no more noticeable than last year in the playoffs. And unfortunately, I think it's carried over this year. It's been a problem. Louis, I'll take it one step further. So here's the thing: what happens with the two uh, referee system is they defer to the ref that wants to call the fewer calls because they don't want to influence the game. Now, I have said repeatedly, Louis, that veteran teams get veteran calls. And yeah. I think most people fundamentally understand that. Like, as a as a kid that grew up, was a teenager in the 80s, watching the Oilers in the early 80s, when they played the Islanders, they didn't get a lot of calls, right? By the end of the yep. 80s, by the time they would play Calgary in 88 or Boston in 88 or again in 1990 against Winnipeg in Game 5, 6, and 7, they got calls. I'm here to tell you, those veteran Oiler teams got calls. Now, I got an email that's that really nails things today from Val from the high desert of northeast Colorado. And he says, Bob, the concept of earn calls, veteran teams get veteran calls, rankles me. It is morally and ethically wrong. Officials must be team slash player blind. A penalty is a penalty is a penalty, period. But you know what? I agree with- I agree with Val 100%. I do. I agree with him 100%. Yeah. But that's not ne- that's ne- not necessarily what happens on the ice. But I will tell you this. The game has changed immensely in the last five years especially. It's gotten a lot younger. I think it's time for the officials to change too and do exactly what Val is talking about. Just call the darn game the way you see it. Stop trying to be... Stop trying to manage the game. Just call what you see that's it we're not just call the penalties you see then we wouldn't have a problem with this we're not saying that at least i'm not saying that the orders lost either game what i because of officials what i'm saying is their top players have to fight through more than some other top players and other teams louis that's i I will say this st louis you know and st louis is one of those teams that gets away with a lot they have terrific sticks they really do you watch that game last night it was a clinic on how to have a stick in the right position, sure. how to pick off passes, how to make it really tough for an opponent to garner any traction in the offensive zone. Edmonton did a pretty nice job in the third period of making a push and, and making it a game, but that's a that's a real sound team back there that just shut things down and, and was able to close it out. But they get away with stuff in tight because they play a real hard-checking game, because they're leaning on you, because they're using their sticks. They're, they're really good at just kind of being on that line of being aggressive enough to make it really hard on you, but not too aggressive where they're taking penalties. Louis, does the Oilers' power play have to have more desperation? Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. I would say they have to have more desperation. It seems to me a little bit static, a uh, little telling, you know, what they're trying to do on the ice. And, uh, you know, good power plays to me have flow. They snap the puck around. It's second nature. There's not a whole lot of thinking that goes on. 
when Edmonton plays that way on the power play and those five guys, especially the top unit, are snapping the puck around and moving, it's when they create their best chances, no question. But if you're stationary, um, you're predictable, good penalty kills are going to eat you up. And, and the thing for me, too, is um, on loose pucks, you know, the second and third opportunities by winning battles and yep. overflowing and, and making sure that it's possession before position, I think is so important on the power play. Yeah, I understand if the one guy beats two guys in the corner, that's going to leave, you know, four guys open um, on the other area of the ice. But I, I still think you have to have full possession of that puck set it up. They have the skill. Edmonton has the firepower and skill to make the plays they need to make. They just need to execute. But there has to be some urgency on the power play for sure. So let me present this to you differently, okay? So the team's 10-5-2. And, and, yeah, Dreisaitl and McDavid are second and fourth, respectively, in league scoring. If I had told you that the Edmonton Oilers would be 10-5-2 through 17 games and Alex Chason and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who combined for 50 goals last year, would have one combined goal between the two of them. I wouldn't believe you. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's why the first question you asked me off the top of the show, you know, the was, am I concerned? Yeah, there's a little concern. For sure there's concern. But at the same time, as you mentioned, they're 10-5-2. So they're battling. They're trying to find that identity. They're trying to find that consistent game. doesn't come each night, and that's just work. That's just having to be sharp, uh, making sure you're starting the game aggressively. Uh, again, you know, I think their second period, they came out of the great. The, the, thing with, the thing with me in the first period, it was a feel out again at the start of the first period. Yep. And I think Edmonton, the way they came out at the start of the second period, you know, the, the way they came out at the start of the second period, I think they were out shooting, I believe it was 6-1 to one yes. or 7-1 to one at the time when Dreisaitl took the penalty. Yep. Okay? Now, it was a frustrating. It was probably the first time this year that we've seen Leon get frustrated in the yep. game. But the guy had two assists also on the two goals that were scored by Edmonton. So don't get me wrong. He's allowed to have a little leeway in that department. But I'm sure if you were to talk to him, he'd say, yeah, he probably shouldn't have taken that penalty. Right? Yeah. Cost them a goal. And you know what? You don't want your best players in the penalty box anyway. So it's a good lesson. But he gets a little bit of a longer leash right now because of what he's been doing this year and the minutes that he's been logging. Yes, he's going to get a little frustrated with the tight coverage. And Sammy Blay is one of those players that stirs the pot. What was going on? What was going no on? No question. What was going on with him, Louie? Because he had guys chasing him all night. He's been that way. You know, that's the way he played last year in the playoffs, and it was very effective for the Blues in their in their playoff running into the Stanley Cup final. He's carried it over this year. That's a hungry guy, and he's he's one of those personalities. He's big. He's robust. He bangs into you. He can skate and play well enough that he's, you know, I don't want to call him a lap Perrier, but he's similar to that in the sense that he's a big guy that's abrasive that can play, and he gets under your skin. He really is. He's one of those guys, every time I've watched him play, he, he's a thorn in the side of the opposition. And he had a few guys not happy with him last night. But he picks on the right guys. He bumped into Dreisaitl. Listen, Dreisaitl's a target. He's one of the best yep. players in the league. So he's going to be a target. And usually he just fends that off and weathers it. It's not a big deal to him. Um, he, got, he got a little angry last night and took two minutes, which, like I said, Every once in a while, that's going to happen with him. I thought that he rebounded nicely in the game and they put a real push on, but yep. I'm sure that's something that he's going to want to clean up in his game and say, you know what, I could probably, in a situation like that, a close game, probably not the time to do it. And that's just something you have to learn. But they're getting a lot of attention. Dreisaitl and McDavid are getting heaps and and, and mountains of, of uh, 
attention. interest from the opposition yeah. and attention. Like it's just it's just amazing to me when you watch the bench when they jump on the ice. It's all everybody's on deck and they're aware when they're on the ice. One final one for you, Louie, and it has to do with Boston. And I saw the news on Jake, so uh, sounds like he might be out here day to day. But you're watching that team play a lot, uh, and, you, and I know you have a feel for around the league. I know it might be difficult for you to do, given that Jake plays there, but is Boston the best team in the league right now? Oh, I, I'm not sure. I haven't seen them play every team in the league yet, but I would say they're certainly up there in the top five. They're one of the best. Yeah. I mean, I know that's kind of skirting around the exact question, but uh, I, I have a hard time saying who the best team in the league is right now. You know, when you're 16, 17 games into the season, not a quarter of the way through yet. Um, there's there's a bunch of really good ones at the top. And the teams that we kind of expected to be there, I guess. Yeah. Lou, great stuff. We'll see you down here tomorrow. All right. Sounds good, bud. You bet that's Louis DeBrusque from NHL Hockey on Rogers. It is currently... 12.52 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout. We are going to get to some of your texts when we return in Oilers now. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Shed. Oscar Clefbaum, maintenance day today, playing a lot of minutes right now for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Clefbaum averaging 25.42 per game. You can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. This text comes in. Bob, the Oilers could use a player like Jake DeBrusque. Interesting. Bob, how does Matthew Kachuk draw all the penalties that he does? How does that compare to McDavid? Here's my theory. McDavid's moving so fast that it's a great it's subtle with McDavid with the calls whereas Kachuk is overt it's right there he's engaged in the fray all the time this text comes in out of Edmonton Bob I watched a clip this morning where the Blues were draped all over Connor all the way down the ice caught three different penalties in five seconds and it didn't get called uh Bob should one of the orders big guys gone after Blaze that doesn't happen anymore Another text out of Edmonton. Bob, how many years got added to the Oilers' rebuild by letting Ralph Kruger go? Uh, I would suggest to you that uh, had Ralph Kruger stayed, I'm not convinced the Oilers would have both Leon Dreisettle and Connor McDavid. I think they would have had a better 13-14 season. All right. Uh, continue to text us on our Ashley Fine Floors tax line. Do you want to tell you, coming up in the second half of the season, Food for thought for down the road. The Oilers uh, now roadies have two road trips coming up, one in Chicago and one in Florida. The Chicago trip includes uh, lower bowl game tickets in a beautiful city, a welcome reception with yours truly, tours of Wrigley and Soldier Field, and parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. For the Oilers now, Chicago road trip, call New West Travel at 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Carrie McCarthy. Uh, we're going to get some help here from Angie Quinnell in hour number two. And coming up, Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack at 105. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.